Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast, where we explore the exciting science behind heart rate variability. The material discussed in this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. Please check with your medical provider to make sure any suggestions or strategies are right for you. Visit us at the OptimalHRV.com website to learn more about the Optimal HRV app, download a free copy of Matt's book, Heart Rate Variability, and also get show notes and additional resources around heart rate variability and its applications. Welcome, friends, to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. I have the doctors in the house today. So I got Dr. Dave Hopper and Dr. Ina Hazan here. Uh, you've met these these uh, two geniuses, in my opinion, in previous episodes. Um, and I am so excited to bring their expertise uh, together to uh, start us on a couple, maybe three uh, podcasts, maybe even more, uh, because I think it's a topic that's so important about uh, something I'm titling Vegas Madness. Uh, and we're going to take a deep dive into the Vegas nerve. So when we talk about heart rate variability, I know in Dave's world where he's thinking more about physiology and the connection to psychology, I, I've kind of approached it uh, learning about the physiology and from the psychological perspective, the vagus nerve just keeps coming up as a central piece in this. And uh, Ina, I know your book uh, gave some great examples of, of this as well. So I'm excited to bring uh, the brains behind the Optimal HRV app uh, to the surface here. And uh, Dave, we're going to start out with the physical uh, side of this. And I don't think I even knew before a few years ago we had cranial nerves. Um, you know, sometimes in psychology, we think there's like one nerve that we call the brain and it does goes down through the brain stem, but we kind of forget it, you know, kind of, you know, we might think about the cerebellum every once in a while, but we forget that there's a rest of the body down here. So, so I'm going to turn it over to you to educate us what the heck is a cranial nerve and kind of work us up to what is the vagus nerve? Okay. So, um, so uh, I, I'm excited to talk about this topic as well. Uh, very much excited. And, um, and well, to, to answer your initial question, so cranial nerves, uh, we have, we have 12 pairs of cranial nerves. Um, and th those are nerves. You, the easiest way to look at those is they're just nerves that are within our head. Uh, you know, um, they're, they're nerves that come directly off the brain or the brainstem, um, uh, actually, for the most part. So, um, so th that's what we are talking about when we talk about cranial nerves. And when we go to talk about what this whole thing is about, the, the vagus madness um, is your vagus nerve, which happens to be your 10th cranial nerve. So, uh, so you see it as X all the time, right? Uh, Roman, numeral, Roman numerals. And, um, and we want to talk about how, how does this become part of HRV? Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then what I, I hope that we can get to today is how to stimulate your vagus nerve all on your own. Awesome. So, um, so before we talk about any of that, I think it's uh, very necessary to do a quick overview of of what your vagus nerve actually is part of. And we look at, uh, you know, we look at your nervous system, okay, and then there's there's this part called your autonomic nervous system. Um, and how I explain this to patients is just think autonomic, think automatic, 
Um, so this part of your nervous system controls things that happen automatically in your body. Um, and, uh, and we are so thankful that we don't have to think about all these processes, right? Uh, this is things like your heart beating, things like your lungs breathing, um, things like digestion, um, how we absorb our nutrients. You know, um, we are, we are talking all of those automatic things. Um, so, uh, that, that's the part of this nervous system. There is a, you know, what was, what was taught forever. And, uh, and we're going to touch on this as well is that there's, there's generally thought of as two parts to this nervous system. Um, and this is where most people have heard of not so much your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system, but you've heard of your fight or flight system. Um, and a lot of people compare that to a gas pedal. Um, and that's your sympathetics. Then we have your parasympathetics, um, which most people would equate to a brake pedal, that's your rest, digest, um, your recover, repair side. Um, both sides of, these, of this are extremely necessary uh, for everyday life. Um, and both have very important functions. Um, so, you know, quickly when we talk about sympathetic nervous system, um, that is our acute stressors get away from something um, you know, uh, that, that's what it's thought of. I know, uh, you know, saber-toothed tiger is what, uh, is what is always compared to, uh, you know, why saber-toothed tiger, uh, you know, rather than something more relevant to today. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but then your other side, your brake pedal side is, uh, that is going to be when your body gets into that repair mode. You know, that's what we're uh, hopefully accessing when we're sleeping. Um, and that is what we are spending time in when we're doing things like digesting food, um, all of that. So, uh, so when we get, uh, when we get down to that, okay, so we have these two big sides of our nervous system, right? We have, we have this one that helps us with acute stressors. Um, and hopefully we're not spending a ton of time there. Then we have this one that is helping us with, um, with all of the functions that I would say for our long-term, uh, survival. And that parasympathetic side, the break side is mostly ran by our vagus nerve. Um, our vagus nerve is actually about 80% of that parasympathetic function. So why we talk about our vagus nerve being so important um, is because it, it runs the majority of the show here. Um, and, and why, you know, I, as we're gonna talk about here, like why stimulating the vagus nerve is becoming such a big thing is because it kind of just cures everything. Um, you know, and, th and that's what's being found out is that, oh my gosh, this vagus nerve thing, if it is functioning properly, your body just kind of heals itself <laughs> from everything. <laughs> uh, so that is just so cool to see. Um, and, uh, and of course, that's what we're going to talk about is, is natural ways to do that. Um, so your vagus nerve starts from your brainstem, um, way up here. And, uh, and for those of you who, uh, who might not be familiar with what your brainstem is, just think you have your brain um, and then it's literally like the, like the trunk of a tree or stem of a tree, right? That, uh, that is coming down and that is what turns into your spinal cord. Um, so if you picture a head of broccoli, um, it's the, it's the stalk. Uh, that's what we got. Um, and the medulla is actually where your vagus nerve is going to arise from. And, uh, and the medulla is just the very bottom part. Um, so don't worry about all the fancy words. Uh, that's just, that's what we're talking about there. So, um, so when we get into vagus nerve and HRV, how does all this connect? Uh, real quickly, um, heart rate variability is a measure of the 
beat to beat changes in your heart rate. And I, and I know we've said this, uh, you know, we've done many comparisons, uh, but at this point in this podcast, mm-hmm. but, um, but if you picture EKG, you have, you have the QRS complex or essentially the, the big spikes, right? And it's the difference in time between each spike is what we are talking about when we're talking about the variance in your heart rate. Um, those spikes will be longer when you're, or I'm sorry, the, the time difference will vary more when your vagus nerve is, is inputting more information or power. And they will have less of a variation when you have less vagal input, right? Um, so, so that is how the two really tie together. And that is why HRV becomes such an important measure because that is how we are measuring in a way um, vagal function. Awesome. Um, can, I, can I bring, I, I'd love to bring uh, Ina in here just for a second. <laughs> and I would love to get Dave sort of uh, filling in the basics here. And I know uh, Ina in my journey as a mental health professional, uh, you know, I, I was familiar and, and I, I, Stephen Porges, I, I think has done a great service, especially in the trauma world. But it, that was kind of the, my first exposure to uh, the vagus nerve. I probably heard about it somewhere along the way, but we didn't talk about it that much. I would just love, before Dave continues the journey with us, um, as something uh, uh, with our physiology that's very, very crucial and central to your work, I'd, I'd love to hear about a little bit about your journey from the psychological perspective uh, of how this came on your radar and uh, sort of uh, just just sort of your learning curve with this as well. Yeah, um, great question. And, um, you know, Dave, thank you for uh, that you know, overview of the basic, you know, underlying physiology, because you know, it is so important to know, you know, well, what the heck is this thing and where is it coming from? Because, you know, we're talking about, you know, Dave, as you said, you know, vagal stimulation and devices and all this, but, you know, what exactly are we talking about here? So, you know, I uh, learned about the vagal nerve uh, sort of in an almost like a backwards way. Um, I first learned about, uh, you know, biofeedback and HRV, and that was all really cool and wonderful. And as I was untangling HRV and what exactly is it and where does it come from? And that's where the uh, vagal nerve started popping up because, you know, initially, okay, you know, HRV is the difference in time that passes from heartbeat to heartbeat, you know, the greater variability is better, maybe all that. And then, well, you know, what's what's driving uh you know those variations where is it coming from ah, it's the vagus nerve um so, so my dive into that has been i guess from a slightly uh, different direction uh, and then the association of the vagal nerve not only with improvements in hre but also with it, uh, the ability to feel safe right you now if you're talking about you know trauma or even you know just run-of-the-mill anxiety that all of us experience um, the ability to bounce back uh, from that anxiety, the ability to regain a sense of safety. Because if you think about it, what is anxiety? Anxiety means you don't feel safe. Um, At the core of it, yes, evolutionarily saber-toothed tigers, you know, nowadays it's more, you know, maybe bosses or exams or, you know, road trips or, you know, things like that. So, you know, all of that signals danger and um, it's up to the vagal nerve to help us restore a sense of calmness and a a sense of safety. and that, you know, really is at the core of our mental health, because if we don't feel safe, eh, not, you know, we're not going to be able to do a whole lot, a whole lot more, right? Um, so being able to improve uh, 
the way in which vagal nerve restores safety for us, uh, which is done through or can be done through HRV biofeedback, uh, it is key. Awesome. So, so Dave, you know, let me come back to, to you with, you know, is my vagus nerve here? Is it here? Is it here? And, and Ina did a great job of saying this thing has something to do with psychological safety, but it's a nerve. Like, well, how's like, uh, I don't know. I, what, tell me, help me kind of like, well, where is it? And how do we start to get to things like safety and saber tooth tiger from just something that I always thought a nerve is just kind of a thing that if you need it, you know, it pops up, but you know, psychological safety and saber tooth tiger. So, so, so how, let's, uh, like where the heck is it and how does it start to play this really powerful role in our overall health and wellness? Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and uh, quickly, you know, that's really funny to hear how, how you learned that. And, and Matt, I'm assuming a very similar path for yeah. you because um, I learned the exact opposite, <laughs> um, which was here's, here's these nerves and and then, uh, and then you start to learn the functions of each one, and then you, and then it was, oh my gosh, well, this one does everything. Let's learn more yeah. about this, <laughs> um, and then diving down the path until uh, you know we we all wound up in the same place. <laughs> yeah, but um, but anyway, yes, uh, where it is. So, uh, so your vagus nerve um, actually gets its name um, because it it means wanderer, uh, or, you know, a vagabond, or you know, a, yeah. and. And because it literally wanders, it courses through your entire body. Um, and uh, and when uh, most listeners out there probably heard of your brain gut connection, um, and that is your vagus nerve. Like that's literally what what we're talking about when we talk about your brain gut connection. Um, this nerve goes from your brainstem, as we talked about, from your medulla, uh, so the very bottom of your brainstem, and it courses down and just kind of wanders through your body, hitting like every single important thing. It's, um, it's not like, you know, it just does, uh, you know, it, the left muscle over here, and then it does your shoulder over here, something like that. It, it is the most important structures in your body that it, uh, that, that your vagus nerve innervates or gets sensory information from. Um, so it runs down from your brainstem, it travels on down into your thorax or your chest, um, where it is going to, you know, uh, work with things like your heart and your lungs, uh, <laughs> those super important organs that we have. Um, and then, as I said, it does, uh, it does continue on down and eventually make its way into your digestive system where, um, where it does do, uh, do majority of the communication with all of your digestive organs, um, with the exception of the very end of your, uh, of your colon, um, which is, uh, which is really cool. I mean, that this one nerve affects so much. And actually, I want to, uh, when we get to the exercises um, to stimulate the vagus nerve, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the branches and how that works. Because, um, because if you want to learn how to stimulate your vagus nerve, well, you just look at where the branches go yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and what they do. Um, and, then, uh, and then it's very easy to figure out how you would stimulate, uh, 
said part of the Vegas NARP. So, uh, so it's kind of cool. Um, well, I, I, would, I would love to, I would love to talk about that, that split. Uh, you know, and this has been fascinating. And then, you know, I want to jump to when Dave tells the story of the physiological piece of this, I'd love to, I'd love to get your piece. And then this will stem up. Don't worry, listener. We will, we will have episodes probably on these branches at some point in this podcast. So well, we're doing a little bit of an overview here, but you, you know, so we've got, I know at least the, the dorsal and the ventral vagal branches. So, so this branch is off. I want you to talk about that branching off Dave, but I got. I got to just ask a layman's question: Is uh, do we really have twelve cranial nerves? Because it almost seems like this dorsal and ventral vagal are its own separate entities. So, so, so I want you to talk about this. But I got to throw my nerd question in there too. It's like, should we just give them their own cranial nerve label? I don't know. So, so you take that. That's just been a question I've had. So, um, so do we, well, um, I, let me, uh, I, I guess one thing at a time. So, so yeah. when we go to, um, when we go to ventral versus dorsal, uh, vagus nerve, um, that, uh, that gets quite confusing because it's like, we're talking about two different things, um, which, which, you know, um, is one of those, well, they are two different things, but then they're labeled the same thing. Uh, so, <laughs> so this gets even deeper into uh, how the separation happens, um, which is where we go, okay, well, where exactly in the brainstem do yeah. these things come from? Um, and it's like, all right, well, not just the medulla, but now we're talking about your nucleus ambiguous versus dorsal motor nucleus. And we're, <laughs> uh, now we're getting into the real nerdy words. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, and, um, bring it on, Dave, bring it on. <laughs> and so. So, I mean, and, and quickly, uh, what what we would be getting into with this uh, with this topic is uh, is polyvagal theory. Um, so, for uh, for anybody listening, it, it's it, that's uh, Dr. Stephen Porges uh, came up with this theory. Uh, what was that? Uh, you know, Matt, like in the early '90s, correct? I, I think it started actually back in '60s, '70s, uh, and then has evolved in uh, greatly over the years. But but I actually in early heart rate variability studies is sort of his foundation as far as I understand it, where this developed from. So, but, but I, it's getting a lot of attention um, probably within the last 10 years, especially in the, the trauma mental health arena. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, um, and I'm, uh, I, I guess I'm going based off of his, uh, his, the original polyvagal yeah. theory paper. Yeah. Um, and um, anyway, uh, so what uh, what this theory is is that um, is that you do have these uh, these two totally different uh, parts of your vagus nerve. Um, you have a ventral and a dorsal side, and and essentially what that just means is you have a, a front ventral and dorsal is back, and that just is more referring to uh, where exactly those nerves come from, um, uh, less about what they actually do. Mm -hmm. um, so. Your dorsal, uh, your dorsal vagal, vagus nerve is is what would be referred to as as your reptilian side. Um, so so this is your old, your vegetative, um, and, and reason that they would name it reptilian. Um, excuse me, is uh, is because this is something that we share in common with reptiles. Um, and from an evolutionary standpoint, this is the oldest vagus nerve. Um, this is something that uh, 
that that we have with them. Now, as as uh, as evolution continued, this this other vagus nerve arose. Um, and something else that I should uh, note about the uh, about the reptilian is that that is unmyelinated. So, for those of you who don't uh, know what myelination is, um, we have these nerves, and you can think of a nerve like an electrical wire uh, or cord, right? So if you, if you cut a uh, extension cord, and please don't try this with one that's plugged in, but if you cut an extension cord, you'll see that there's a bunch of smaller wires inside, um, but there is a insulated sheet around that cord, um, which is why we don't get shocked when we pick up an electrical cord that's uh, plugged into something, right? Um, but that is, that is essentially what myelination is. It's a, uh, it is an insulation around a nerve, but it helps with conductance speed. Um, so it makes the nerve impulses actually travel faster. Um, so, so this old, uh, this old dorsal uh, reptilian vagus nerve is old and slow. Um, it does not have the myelination. Now we have our ventral vagus nerve, uh, which is which is fast. It's speedy. Um, it has it has them um, that myelination. This is what we would call our mammalian um, mammalian vagus, um, and and this is going to help us uh, a lot with what the two of you work with. Um, and this and this whole part of um, you know this world is what is all new to me. Um, you know when we get into talking about how how your uh, how your vagus nerve interacts with your other cranial nerves um, and all of that. And that is, and that is where, uh, you know, listening to, um, listening to everything on polyvagal theory and learning all about, you know, how, how, oh my gosh, well, 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 you know, we read each other's facial, your know, um, facial expressions and this feeds back to us. And, uh, you know, and that's how we end up reacting to a situation. And, um, and actually maybe one of you could expand a little bit more on that because that, is just fascinating to me. And I, like I said, I have just begun to learn about all this and dig in real deep, but I know you two are, are far more experts on how all of that works. Yeah. So, so, Ina, let me throw it to you. Let, let me give you uh, also the ability to kind of rewind us from your perspective um, as well. And I know you and I've had some conversations about the polyvagal theory. So you can throw as much as that in as you want, because I know there's like Anytime a theory gets really popular, then there's the pushback to said theory as well. So, so I would like to maybe give you an opportunity, maybe rewind and compliment sort of, sort of Dave's uh, explanation, which I thought was really good and succinct. It would take me an hour to do what Dave did in five minutes. So, but but I'd love to kind of hear you go of okay, we we've got this cranial nerve, it splits, uh, go. <laughs> Uh, and quickly, Matt, I, I, uh, Matt, you know, sorry, um, I, I guess I didn't even explain what polyvagal theory is within all of that. I just explained the two different parts, um, and that is that we have, we have the, we have the ability to, uh, to be socially engaged, uh, which would be a frontal vagal, or I'm sorry, a, a ventral vagal function, um, and then when we can't deal with something completely, when that begins to be, uh, that system becomes overwhelmed, then. Uh, we can we would slip into what would be more of a sympathetic state, and then when uh, when we run out of resources there, we would go into a complete uh, dorsal or uh, or vegetative vagus uh, type function. Um, and uh, that's super quick chunk down yeah. overview. And uh, Ina, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I'll I'll bring it then. You know, 
to that, you know, social um, connection uh, piece uh, and, you know, the sense of safety and some of the physiological um, um, actions that are going on uh, around that, uh, that I think, you know, so, so important, you know, for our lives in general and, you know, when it comes to uh, talking about heart rate variability. And so the, the function of the ventral uh, vagus uh, is to, um, give us the ability to connect with others uh, and uh, in a uh, uh, in an ideal uh, situation when we're faced with something uh, stressful it's the ventral uh, vagus that gets activated um, and you know helps us reach out to other people for help uh, you know it helps us reach out you know to you know your therapist to have you know somebody to talk with or your friend to have somebody to talk with or you know just you know the, the idea of asking for help um, and drawing on that um strength uh, in numbers as far as human beings go, right? And if, again, if we think about this evolutionarily, uh, the biggest reason uh, why human, you know, our uh, humanoid species, you know, survived uh, and other humanoids uh, didn't um, is probably because of our ability to uh, be uh, so well connected and uh, um, stick up for each other and protect each other and protect each other's children, you know, etc. Right. So that's a really important function uh, of our parasympathetic nervous system is connection with others. And we know from research um, that when we don't have great social connections, we don't do so well, both physically um, and uh, and emotionally. So it's, this is really, really important. Um, and you know, even if we think about uh, um, the on a even deeper, you know, physiological level, you know, on a, a hormone level, um, the hormone oxytocin. Right. Uh, which, you know, is commonly called the cuddle hormone or the love hormone, right? Because it is generated when we are in contact with other people. Uh, you know, it's, it's generated when we, uh, you know, give hugs. Uh, it's generated during, you know, sexual intimacy. It's generated during breastfeeding for women. It's also generated during labor. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a hormone that we think about as this, you know, love connection hormone. But what's interesting about it is it's actually a stress hormone. So, you know, oxytocin is actually a stress hormone that gets generated during stressful times in order to help us reach out and engage with others. So there is a very, you know, close connection there between uh, oxytocin uh, and, you know, ventral vagus. Uh, and interestingly enough, uh, you know, Sue Carter, who is uh, 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 Steve Portis's wife, is the one that studies, you know, oxytocin. Um, so, you know, they have a nice, uh, um, you know, relationship between the vagus and oxytocin there. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, coming back to this, you know, the system is very well uh, developed to help us be around others and protect, uh, you know, help protect ourselves, you know, uh, through social connection. Um, and when it comes to things like trauma or anxiety, when we don't feel safe around other people, right? Uh, you know, for people who have been traumatized, it's often other people that have been the, the source of that trauma. Not always, of course, sometimes it's, you know, natural disasters and things like that, uh, but oftentimes it is other people. Um, so the our ability to feel safe around others gets dysregulated. Um, and, uh, so that when, when we are finding ourselves in a challenging situation, a stressful situation, um, the body's not going to go to that social connection uh, part because it's it's a source of the danger. So that's where we're much more likely to slip into uh, either the sympathetic um, state uh, or the, you know, the dorsal vagal activation of, you know, just, you know, I'm freeze and, uh, you know, maybe I'll survive uh, um, that way. Awesome. So 
you know, one of the questions, you know, that's, that's been brought up to, to me, and Dave, I'll start with you on this, is it seems like, you know, this parasympathetic, sympathetic uh, division of the autonomic nervous system is, well, let, let me say something, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. The, the parasympathetic, sympathetic division of the autonomic nervous system is outdated. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Um, it, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, and, and as well, you know, um, I, I know when I was explaining that earlier, um, too, I, I want to be very clear that there is no bad nervous system. Yeah. Either. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, there is. A, if you ever drive in traffic in Denver, <laughs> uh, and I'm not even in Boston. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, if you're if you're driving traffic, you you have your autonomic nervous system to thank for being alive, as I like to say. Yes. Yes. You're sympathetics. Um, yeah. yeah um, same with, you know, when, when you're playing sports, when you're exercising, um, you know, any of that stuff, any, any reaction that, uh, that you have, like you said, driving in traffic, like uh, all of that stuff is very positive engagement from our sympathetic nervous system. Um, it's just when that says, when that system gets left on for too long. Yeah. <laughs> um, and arguably, uh, it's not even that system being left on too long. It's that our vagal break isn't working. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and that is uh, a quote that I, if I can take directly from Eno's work. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, that's, that's just so cool, you know, that, um, th that it can be that situation too. Uh, there's too many people look at it the other way around, so. Awesome. That's such an excellent point. I, I, I'm going to jump in there just, just, um, just, just, just I think because I think it is uh, so important. Um, we need to be activated properly, right? You know, imagine if you are, um, you know, you know, certainly traffic situations. But you know, what if you are, uh, you know, playing a championship game somewhere, or you know, just playing with, you know, you know, playing a game with your friends? If you, you know, doing a job interview, anything important, your body requires activation. Um, and we often misinterpret that helpful sympathetic activation as something that's bad, as something that we need to get rid of, right? Uh, whereas really the body is just doing what it needs to do to help us do our best. And, um, you know, as Dave said, the problem is not the sympathetic uh, activation coming on. It's it not being able to get shut off when it's no longer needed, right? So when that vagal break is not able to come on and uh, reduce uh, the sympathetic uh, activation, that's when you know we get you know all sorts of chronic problems. Uh, having, uh, you know, that acute activation of the stress response is a good thing. It's not bad for us. It's not harmful for us. It will not kill us. It will not lead to any long-term medical or emotional problems. Uh, the issue really becomes is when the activation is not able to be regulated. And it is the uh, vagal nerve, the parasympathetic nervous system that provides uh, the regulation, uh, which is why, you know, it's so important uh, to train uh, your parasympathetic nervous system, your vagal nerve with HRV biofeedback to give it that oomph in uh, in regulating your um, your activation. Wonderful. So so let's build off that because because I think that that's and I think and and I don't blame Porges for this whatsoever. I actually I think when you're ever and I do this with as well when I try to talk about the brain in 15 minutes, uh, it's ridiculous. So we we simplify things. So it's almost like hey, if you're in your ventral vagal you're social and safe. When you're in your sympathetic, you're in fight or flight. And when you're in your dorsal, you're in freeze. 
but there's an interaction between all these systems. I think it's like, oh, well, we want to shut off our sympathetic system. And I'm like, well, as far as I know, you'd be dead if you did that. So, so I would love to, to think about this, this interaction uh, of these systems. And we've thrown around the word uh, vagal break quite a bit because, you know, I, I know, and, you know, playing team sports, I wanted to be, I think, and I, I like to think about the sympathetic nervous system located in sort of the mid-spine area, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, as kind of the Iron Man movies. And Iron Man has that energy pack right here in his heart. And please do not email me about Iron Man. Uh, that's about all I know. So, so I watched the movies. I've not read the books or the comics. Please don't email me about the specifics. But, you know, there's this energy pack here. And if that energy pack turns off, Iron Man, as far as I know, is dead. But it could also explode and he'd be dead as well. So uh, this interaction between sympathetic, parasympathetic, I think specifically, if I'm right, ventral vagal and sympathetic. Uh, Dave, I'd love to hear from you first the, about your, I mean, Ian and I use the term vagal break quite a bit, but I, I'd love to hear your thinking about this interaction when you're trying to help somebody live their healthiest life. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of people who come in would uh, would be considered, you know, uh, quote unquote, burnt out. Yeah. Um, you know, or 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 anxious or depressed. You know, uh, wh whatever it might be. Um, but but a lot of people are are coming in in this kind of a state. Or you know, uh, well, heck, I'm a chiropractor. Do you know why? Uh, do you know what a lot of people think chiropractors only work on is pain? Uh, so yeah. I do also see a lot of people who come in in pain. And, um, and what part of your nervous system do you think is most active when you are in pain, when you are anxiety ridden? Um, yep. You know, this is, this is your sympathetics are, are taking over here. Um, and, and for great reason, and for great reason, because your body thinks that it's being attacked, right? Um, so, so we need that to happen, or our body believes that is what needs to happen. Um, as Ina was saying, it's when, it's when that, um, when, that stays on too long. That's where we start to see these chronic issues uh, come into play. Um, that that initial sympathetic drive uh, helps us tremendously, um, but when that doesn't shut off, we we see brain function uh, greatly go down. We see uh, we see our body just start starting to uh, slowly shut down and, and not function as well in, a, in in an array of ways. And just to be clear, uh, because I, I think this is where we get lost sometimes in the mental health field. When you're saying shut off, you sort of mean that that fight or flight sort of response. But we're not shutting off the sympathetic system altogether. Correct. Correct. Okay. No, no, no. When, when that is when that is what uh, what, what is tended what is uh, dominating. Yeah. Um, the great. So, so what we're trying to do is is restore that vagal break, and that's and that's the goal of of the work that I do, uh, you know, with chiropractic. Um, and that is, and that is, we know that, that when we see somebody, we can help stimulate their parasympathetic nervous system. And, and we can do that with a large input, uh, you know, and we call it, uh, we call it that we are, we, we joke and say, we're slamming on your brakes for you. Um, <laughs> because that's literally what we're doing. And like when you, um, and when you look at your HRV, which I, which I know is what we are all obsessed with here. Yeah. Um, when we look at somebody's HRV, we can see that we did slam on their brakes. Indeed, um, when you look at that, when you look at that before and after, and that and that's one of the ways that that we look at helping somebody is by 
is by giving them that adjustment in the appropriate uh, in the appropriate way that is going to slam on their brakes and help to stimulate uh, their parasympathetic nervous system. Um, and, uh, and get on that vagal break. Then, uh, then the next thing, which we're going to talk about as well, which is vagal nerve exercises, uh, you yeah. know, ways to, uh, ways to stimulate it naturally too. Um, but, uh, but obviously you guys, uh, do some awesome work with that too, uh, in stimulation of the, uh, of the vagal break, um, or teaching people how to engage that. So, right. Yeah. You know, you know, let me, let me throw it to you. Cause I want to sort of wrap up with Dave's <laughs> Uh, ways to, to activate. I know we got our thoughts here on, well, we'll, we'll save for the next episode, but when you start to talk to people about uh, the word we're using, uh, vagal break, and it seems to have a couple different names, but usually break is involved in there to some, to some form. Uh, help us understand that uh, sort of how you explain what's this interaction between ventral vagal and sympathetic uh, functioning? Um, I really see it as, as uh, our ability to self-regulate, right? You know, it, uh, I think that's, you know, that's crucial. So many people think about um, relaxation being incredibly important for well-being, which it, it certainly is, uh, but that's just one side of it. Um, you know, coming back to the importance of sympathetic, um, you know, we need to be able to activate to just the right level, and then we need to be able to stay at that optimal level without overshooting it, and then be able to recover fully once, uh, uh, you know, the challenge or the need for activation is over, um, and that is the function of the vagal break. Um, as something, uh, you know, comes up uh, as there is a need for activation, the vagal nerve takes its foot off the break and allows sympathetic activation to come up, um, and then as that activation comes to the level where it needs to, to settle, you know, the vagal break kind of comes on and allows it to stay there right at that optimal level. Um, and uh, once the activation is no longer needed, the break comes on and allows uh, activation to go all the way down. So this is really all about self-regulation and relaxation is one part of it, activation is the other part of it. They're both equally um, important and your body needs to have uh, a well-trained self-regulation ability in order for you to be at your best um, just in your daily life, no matter what it is triggering. Awesome. Great explanation. Okay, Dave, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a wide runway here to kind of take us out. But uh, one of the things I've been really fascinated with in my deep dive into heart rate variability and how that manifests from this, the, the vagal break and the interaction between ventral, vagal and sympathetic. And we'll, we'll don't worry, friends, we will, we've got plenty of time to nerd out about that, including uh, the second and maybe third episodes of this Vegas Madness uh, uh, series. But, but Dave, my neck hurt this morning. Like, like and I just kind of wonder, you know, when I get, you know, and one of the big things is those trigger points in your body, I guess, are highly connected to the sympathetic system, which is why when I get stressed out, my left shoulder kind of starts to, to get even lurchier than it already is. So, you know, so my neck hurt. So here, here's a dumb question, but, but lead you up to and, and to hand really the rest of the episode over to you. Uh, how do you, from a chiropractic perspective, um, look at vagal activation? And if my neck hurts, you know, what, what, what should I be doing? And I guess the question is, does that impact my uh, 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 vagus functioning? And just kind of how you look up as vagus health, if that's the right words, from that chiropractic perspective. Well, uh, uh, well, how is it affecting your, your vagal function? Um, it is, it is uh, hurting you <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Literally. Uh, 
So, um, so yes, any any time that you are in pain, we're seeing some of that withdrawal because your body is dealing uh, is dealing with that. And and again, you know, we do need some of that sympathetic activation to uh, to help get us through. Um, and I always look at pain as a very positive thing too, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is confusing, right? Because it tells us um, it tells us, hey, don't use that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't do that. Um, so, so uh, a lot of times the worst thing you can do for pain is take a pain killer. Because <laughs> uh, then you go on functioning like you're not in pain. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, side note. Um, but uh, but I, you know, brought up a great point too. And I want to make sure that I, uh, that I touch on that. Um, so self, teaching self-regulation, um, doing that is, is, is the big key here, right? Because because we want to we want to help people realize that that they are helping themselves. That their body is capable of doing this on its own. You don't you don't need something else. What you need is to realize that the power is right there within you. Um, you just have to learn how to let it out, right? Um, so, uh, so so that's a lot of this, right? Uh, we're we're not uh, we're not healing anybody. Um, your body is doing all the magic. Your body is doing all the healing. We're just, uh, we're, we're helping you figure out how to allow that to happen. Um, all right. So, uh, so, and, and sorry, Matt, I, I know I went, went around a little bit there. No, very, very good. I like it. I'm a, I'm a very distracted person. Um, so, uh, so yes, uh, when it comes to, all right, so we, we helped you out. Um, now, now, how are we going to get you to stimulate your uh, to stimulate your vagus nerve, uh, which which is going to help increase your heart rate variability, um, which in turn increases your health, right? Uh, in in every area. So, um, so there's there's a multitude of ways, and uh, you know, Google vagal nerve stimulation, and you'll find uh, and you'll find a, a bunch of different things, um, but. Like I was saying earlier, the way that I like to look at uh, look at this is is if you follow the different branches of your vagal nerve, uh, where they go to uh, within your body, and what they're doing in that area, you can kind of figure out what you have to do to stimulate those areas. Mm-hmm. So, to start off, um, we have uh, very first branch of our vagal of our vagus nerve goes off and actually goes to our ear, um, believe it or not. So. Uh, so we have a part of our, uh, a part of our outer ear here. And then as well, uh, part of our, um, part of our auditory meatus or the, uh, or the ear hole, uh, as, as you can look at it, um, that is innervated by the vagus nerve. Um, so what that means is that we can do something to your ear to help stimulate your vagus nerve. And if you find a vagal nerve stimulator um, online, uh, you can actually see that these are a lot of times things that clip onto your ear and, uh, and do some stimulation and actually it helps, you know, with, the, with all kinds of healing, helps you feel good, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, if you go to an acupuncturist, a lot of times they are going to do stimulation of your vagus nerve through your ear, mm-hmm. which is also really cool. I, um, I actually work with an acupuncturist who, uh, who, wrote a paper on, uh, on vagal darts, he calls them. Hmm. And, uh, and it's literally, um, kind of like piercing your ear, but they do it at a very specific point 
And um, and don't ask me exactly where, but it's somewhere on your ear here. <laughs> don't, and, uh, don't just start poking holes in your upper ear, folks. <laughs> yeah, you, you, uh, you need a licensed acupuncturist to yes. do this. And, um, and they literally shove this into your ear, like an earring almost. Wow. Um, and and uh, patients that I've had who've had this done are like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. I just feel great. Um, and then it eventually works its way out and, and drops out. Um, but then they also do, you know, uh, acupuncturists can also do like ear stones um, and stuff like that, that they can also tape on um, in, in that specific area. I'm sure that you guys have probably seen at least some of this, correct? Yeah. Right. So, so that's, you know, branch number one. All right. So that's, that's what we can do over there. Um, you know, I, I, I also kind of think, I also always wonder, um, you know, not that I am recommending this to anybody, but you know, those of you who might use Q-tips to clean your ears, I always kind of wonder, is that why it kind of feels really good? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> um, that's not what Q-tips are for. And I'm not endorsing that. <laughs> um, all right. I, then if we go, if we continue going down, so, uh, so in our throat is going to be the, the next branch. All right. So we look in our throat and that is going to help uh, with some of the muscles of our pharynx, uh, our soft, uh, so our, our throat, uh, fancy word there, um, our soft palate. So that's the top of our mouth. Um, and the soft palate is the farthest back portion, the portion that has your uvula or the dangly thing in the back of your mouth. Uh, that is, uh, that's your soft palate. And then your tongue um, and only one muscle of your tongue. But all of these things are, are to aid with swallowing. And so then, okay, so if I do some, if I do some swallowing stuff, that, that could stimulate my vagus nerve. If I do some gargling, that could stimulate my vagus nerve. Um, but yawning, okay, all right, well, those, those things could as well help. Um, and then you look at practices like yoga, and they do things like fire breathing um, and all of that. And you're like, oh, wow, like, all right, were these people really onto something? And, and a lot within yoga when you learn other things, you go, huh, they really knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, That's why it works so well. Um, but things like fire breathing, there's, um, there is a, an exercise where you can do like humming and buzzing in your mouth, buzzing in your throat, uh, you're buzzing your brain, we call it where you be humming and you switch the place where the humming's coming from mm. um, to, help, to help with stimulation of all that. Uh, and then as well, breathing through your ears, uh, which is a way to actually open up your eustachian tube. <laughs> yes, I love that look, Matt. <laughs> I'm trying, Dave, I'm trying. <laughs> um, so we call it breathing through your ears. Of course, you're not actually breathing through your ears, but if you, if you take a second, uh, close your mouth and you try to picture yourself breathing in and out through your ears, you can actually get your ears to pop. Hmm. Are you, are you getting that to happen? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, you know, do you know what I'm talking about here? Sort of, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so, so you can get your ears to pop there and actually this is a really cool thing to teach kids uh because because it can help with uh with, with draining as well uh drainage to the ears and whatnot mm -hmm. um, uh, um 
then uh, so then then as we continue moving down, right? So we have two branches that are going to go to our um, our, our voice box essentially. So we have one from above, one from below, and and this is all right. Well, well, what can we do? We can sing. We can just straight up scream. Um, you know, we, we can do all of these things uh, that can help stimulate our vagus nerve from that way, right? Uh, why does why do we feel great when we sing, right? As soon as you start singing, you feel better. And that's for an array of reasons. Um, but one of those, and, and I've always wanted to see this as well. Maybe you guys are aware of some research that, uh, um, that people who um, sing in a choir have higher HRVs or something like that, or you know, uh, singer performers might have higher HRVs. Um, but uh, but that is that is a way you know yelling, uh, which I automatically think of uh, it, that that stuff that they called music that was a uh, screamo for a little bit. I don't know if you guys <laughs> remember when that was a thing for a second. Yeah, I might spend some of my adolescence in a mosh pit, so I I, I, I think I think I know what you're talking about there. Okay, yes, <laughs> yeah, but I mean those, those guys got to feel really good. And, uh, yeah. and oh yeah, yeah it's children scream for fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're yelling and sing. I mean, my wife thinks I'm crazy for having been in mosh pit, maybe up until a few years back at a social distortion concert. But like, it's just like this beautiful community of people singing together, dancing together, and kind of running into each other in maybe violent ways at times. But you know, when it's a bunch of 40-year-olds at a social D concert, it's a little safer than, you know, back in the day at the, uh, yeah death metal concerts I may or may not have been to. Fun concerts nonetheless. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> very fun. So, so as we continue to go down, uh, we, have these, uh, we have these other things, these chemoreceptors, baroreceptors, which, um, which uh, is something that, you know, I, that we're gonna get into uh, later, I suppose, with breathing because breathing actually affects both of those. Yeah. Um, and so, so we can talk about that a little bit more. Um, but then with our, then we go into our cardiac plexus. We go into our pulmonary plexus of our vagus nerve. And with both of those, okay, so, so what's something that stimulates my lungs and stimulates my heart? Exercise, uh, <laughs> moving. So, so very easy. We can, we can go, all right, cool. So here's something that we can do that also stimulates your vagus nerve. And guess what? Aerobic exercise improves your HRV. Uh, so very cool. Um, and of course, uh, you know, we don't have to tout the benefits of exercise. Uh, we all know that that's something we, we should be doing, right? Um, but another thing that can really, it, that can really help with all this is just breathing. Um, and Ina being the expert on this is, uh, is, is something that I think we can talk, uh, we can talk extensively on and, and potentially even just do an entire podcast yeah. on, uh, on, on proper breathing and breathing to stimulate vagus nerve and all of that. Um, so, so for now, I'll just say breathing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then we go on down and you have, uh, your esophageal plexus. So, so your esophagus, right. As your esophagus uh, continues to wind down. We have our vagus nerve wrapping around that, um, and then going down into our diaphragm, or I'm sorry, uh, through our diaphragm rather, um, with our esophagus and into your whole GI system. Um, and again, you know, when you're thinking about when you're thinking about your esophagus, when you're thinking about your entire GI system, um, you know, what are things that are going to help that? Um, and 
I'm going to do, all right, uh, you know, we, we can get into the whole how, how food and probiotics and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff can, can help. But I mean, you know, another thing is just moving uh, as well. Again, uh, here, here comes exercise wearing its, wearing its ugly head again, right? Because yeah. um, moving actually moves all that stuff and gives a whole bunch of great feedback, um, as does the foods uh, that you are putting in your body and everything too. Um, now, uh, and then of course you could do uh, GI massages and you know, that stuff too. But, uh, but anyway, um, in general, um, if we wanted to stimulate our vagus nerve, like if we didn't want to look at it from that perspective, what are some general things that we can do, right? And we already talked about uh, acupuncture. We talked about chiropractic. Um, we mentioned yoga, but yoga is an, is an awesome thing. Uh, Matt, I believe you do Tai Chi, right? Yes. Yep. There you go. Um, so another thing that involves movement, but also involves, uh, you know, that, uh, that deeper connection, um, not only with yourself, but your environment, uh, awesome. and all of that. Um, then, uh, then Matt, I know you and I utilize this, you know, I don't know about you, but, uh, but the cold showers, yeah. <laughs> um, or just cold therapy in general. Uh, so, so cold stimulation is a, uh, is another thing that we've that we've seen and becoming more and more popular, especially with uh, things like the Wim Hof method. Mm -hmm. uh, which are you guys familiar with that? Yeah. Okay. So uh, so essentially, just a bunch of crazy people uh, freezing themselves. <laughs> yeah. Running uh, marathons in the Arctic barefoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of things we don't encourage <laughs> listeners to go right out and do. But inter yeah. interesting dude, interesting dude with some science behind it. I, I find it fascinating. Yes, yes, very, very, very powerful. Uh, yeah, very cool. Uh, then, um, so other things, uh, laughing, smiling, uh, you know, th things like this, uh, it just being happy in general, uh, being around people that you love and enjoy, uh, which, you know, as, um, you know, as foo-foo as that sounds, you know what, that is healthy for you. Yeah. That is, that is pure healthy for you. We talk about the social engagement system and all of that. Um, you are fully in that social engagement, that ventral vagal system. Uh, when you are loving, laughing, having a good time, you you could not be more ventral vagally expressed. Uh, you know, in, in those moments. Um, it actually, uh, again, another another cool thing that I just thought cool. it'd be interesting to see what your HRV is like when you are just having an awesome time with friends and family and yeah, you know, all that. So right in the midst of it, but it'd be kind of hard to say stop. Yeah. <laughs> um all right and then uh and then some other things uh sleep of course um you know which which should be a top uh top priority for uh for everyone um but but just uh just in general um sufficient quality uh sleep time in nature um and then when we get into uh in time in nature sorry that is uh that is just another one of those you know being being an environment that you that you thoroughly enjoy um, and, and maybe even if you're not a nature lover, but enjoying the fresh, clean air, seeing the abundance of the world, um, those types of things is what is what we are looking at that's making us feel so great, feel so alive, feel so connected. Um, that's, that's what it is all about. Um, then there is meditation as well, um, which I know uh, Matt, you and I have talked, uh, have talked a bunch about that. And Ina, I believe that you are uh, a meditator as well, correct? Absolutely. Yes. Um, and uh, then there is vagal nerve massages uh, as well, which I've seen. Um, 
and and you can definitely try out some of that try out some of that type of stuff um the only area that i've uh, i've really seen anything where people are really like oh yes like you know that that, that significantly worked was doing uh was doing massage through your through your cervical area through your neck area um and then uh tapping as well are you guys familiar with tapping yeah okay so some of uh some of the tapping um and then uh is stanley rosenberg uh which mm-hmm. uh you guys you guys are both familiar with right yeah so he's got some awesome exercises out there as well um which uh which which are supposed to be helpful with stimulation of the of the vagus nerve um and uh and uh, the name of his book is escaping me what is um i think accessing the healing power of the vagus nerve i don't know i've read too many books to roll off <laughs> yeah I, I can't think of it off the top of my head but uh stanley rosenberg uh yeah he's uh and and he's got his uh his salamander exercises and um yeah and i forget the name of the other one the, the basic exercise mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, very, very basic name. Um, all right. And then, uh, and then I think the only thing that I would be forgetting, um, would be like this really small thing that, you know, is pretty insignificant called biofeedback. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, um, and I know that biofeedback, obviously, um, we are going to really go deep on, um, so I uh, did not want to include that here, you know, as someone with breathing, I just wanted to make sure that we mention, um, mention it, but something that needs it, its own hour, uh, you know, it's, yeah. own, it's own time dedicated. So awesome. Well, that gives us a great list. And just so our readers know, if you're not familiar with things like tapping um, and some of these other things that uh, Dave mentioned, uh, we'll, we'll likely go into those in a lot more detail in future episodes. So Dave, I really appreciate uh, giving us some things to think about. I always like to reinforce things folks are already doing as well. So if you're already doing some exercise or movement or, hey, maybe you're in a choir or you sing at church, whatever that might be, you know, really reinforcing that. And then in future episodes, uh, we'll give you more information about uh, new things that can go in uh, to your health and wellness uh, routine. Or if you're in a helping and healing role, uh, bringing these into your practice um, as well. So uh, this has been a, a great episode. Uh, again, number one in Vegas Madness. Uh, this one ran an hour. So I, I'm sure we at least got two more in here. So in our next episode, uh, we're going to turn over to Ina and really look at the psychological parts of this to to do a to do a dive from her perspective and with her research and, and really talk about you know mindfulness uh breathing these these sort of things to help us uh regulate as well so stay tuned for a lot more again you can find show notes uh, uh ina and dave's earlier episodes at optimalhrv.com or heart rate variability uh, podcast.com um thanks for joining us stay healthy my friends and we will see you next week <laughs>